Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Today I'm talking with Nicole Sodoma, the founder of Sodoma Law and a marriage-loving divorce attorney. She's a mom to three boys, a now ex-wife, a new wife, a woman business owner, a lawyer, a friend to many, and a trusted advisor to thousands and not always in that particular order. There's no denying that divorce sucks. In her first book, Please Don't Say You're Sorry, Nicole Sodoma offers up a heaping serving of humorous realities and empowering principles for a happy, real marriage, and how to know when that's just not possible, and what to realistically expect from there. Nicole Sodoma, I am so excited (laughs) to have you today. I've known Nicole, actually, you and I met right before the pandemic. When you opened your new law firm offices uptown in the most gorgeous space I have ever seen. And then, right? Remember that? Yes. And but I was secretly stalking you before, so it doesn't count. <laughs> and then I actually did set you up once, but that didn't work. But you got like a little taste of Carolina's matchmaker. So that was kind of fun to do. And then you wrote this most amazing book, which I've read cover to cover, called Please Don't Say You're Sorry. Um, an empowering perspective on marriage, separation, and divorce from a marriage-loving divorce attorney. Which that I, asked, I am, yes. yes. And and you went, you did a deep dive into your past, into your trauma. You talked about your ex. Um, you talked about your mom. I mean, you just made it so real. And um, I want to thank you for making it real because um, I was hoping it wasn't going to be some fluffy piece on, you know, what to do and how to prevent divorce, which it does do all that. But the book has so much um, humor to it uh, and, um, and realism to it that anyone, including someone who's been married for a long time, can relate and also hopefully pick pick out, you know, how can people improve their relationships before they get to a point of divorce, which is why the matchmaker is interviewing the divorce attorney. <laughs> I love the way you describe it. That is what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to be a book about um, divorce. I didn't want people to think like, it's a book about divorce. And it's all about like, it was it was so much more than that to me. And, and, and part of what inspired me and you and I've talked about this briefly before is like, it wasn't 20 years of being a divorce lawyer, having grown up in a family where divorce was our normal. When I got divorced, it wasn't until I got divorced three something years ago that I realized that there were all these things that my clients weren't telling me. And there was all this advice that lawyers aren't telling their clients. So it was such an opportunity and it was so eye-opening for me. And uh, uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was a dig deep. I mean, I, um, I mean, I think I've redefined vulnerable for me (laughs) personally. So um, I told my friends that if they bought it, it was, I'd be so grateful, but they don't have to read it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. What was like your biggest eye-opening moment? And you were married for 
13 years? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, uh, what was your most eye-opening moment through the divorce process that you weren't expecting? Oh, there are so many, but mm-hmm. uh, probably the one I say to my clients then and now, and will continue that the people we marry are not the people we divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, that took on a whole new meaning for me because I was under this impression that, well, God, I, I want to give myself a little bit of credit here, um, I, but I was under the impression that you could um, love someone and it be okay to not be married to them. So, mm-hmm. and somebody said it to me, you have to love your children more than you don't like your spouse. Mm. And, you know, that is a very mature and responsible way of thinking, but not everyone is capable of doing that. And so that understanding, you know, I'd heard it from clients, but the idea that you weren't always going to be able to think about the impact on the children or how your perceptions of how your behavior impacts your children, how you could once be on this um, this same plane. And then the idea that you can't be spouses, but you can be parents. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that's a possibility, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't understand the weight of that. And um, now, I, I mean, like I said, like my, I know that sounds really scrambled when I describe it because mm-hmm. um, narrowing it down to one thing, but that was probably my first very eye opening thing. So, right. And, and, and I know people who are not leaving their spouses because they don't want to just dis- destru- destruct and destroy the, the, the family unit and, and the kids. And I also know people whose parents waited until they went to college to get divorced. And honestly, I think the impact was exactly the same. And it, you know, it's that feeling of abandonment sometimes that it does occur for kids and they'll get through it. But do you think that people should wait until kids leave the house before they get divorced? Obviously you didn't do that, but as a divorce attorney, what would you say to someone? I think it depends on the parents Mm -hmm. as a, like a lot of times you'll hear like, well, I don't want to do it because of the children and I want Mm -hmm. to wait. But if parents are capable of doing it in a healthy way, if they're capable of separating because they recognize that it's going to be a healthier, happier environment for the children, Mm -hmm. it's going to be healthier, happier for either of the parents Mm -hmm. and they can do it. You know, I used to say, oh, kids are resilient. And I know that a lot of people say that, but Mm -hmm. so much of that statement also uh, aligns with the willingness and the capability of the parents to manage that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're exposing the children to the conflict and the animosity, it is going to be hard, you know, so it, yes. it's not going to be the, well, anyway, some of this is for a therapist and not for a divorce attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say my experience from listening to clients from from being a mom, from having gone through divorce uh, now firsthand, which mm-hmm. doesn't make me unique. It just gives me another perspective on top of 20 years in my career mm-hmm. um, is that you have to decide what it looks like on the other side for you, because you are the only one who can control, like 
that's the only thing you can control in the process Mm -hmm. is what choice you make and how you're going to respond to the other person's reaction to it if you're the one making the decision. And so do you have the right coping mechanisms in place? Do you have the right lawyer? Do you have the right support system? Mm -hmm. Because frankly, if you're unhappy in your marriage or the other person's unhappy in their marriage, the kids know it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, they, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, they do know. They do. And so what do, what kind of behavior do you want to model for them? And that's a personal choice. Um, And I've seen it both ways. I thought there was an evolution happening with me Mm -hmm. that I wanted to model a different behavior. And I had a lot of growth to do. And I didn't feel like I could do that in my marriage. And uh, so I made a really, really difficult choice. If there's anything that I hope that this book does, and if there's anything that I hope that my message sends is that regardless of where you are in your life, Mm -hmm. you are in a relationship with someone who at any point could come home and decide they don't want to be married to you anymore. Yes. And, and you might not see it coming and you might think everything is great and that everyone's been living the way that they've been living. And it didn't seem to look like that was a possibility, but it can be. And so it drives me nuts when we, don't, we're not prepared for it. Right. And, and you talked to yourself yeah. about how you weren't prepared finance. Like you didn't know the finances that was going on in the household and, and you were obviously bringing in a lot of it and you were just saying, okay, honey, you can, you can handle this, which is very uh, typical in a heteronormative you know, relationship. And so in the book, you're going through exactly the steps that probably a lot of women, frankly, uh, aren't doing to, to understand their finances and having those very difficult conversations while they're still married to understand the finances so that if they do decide in the future that they no longer want to be in the relationship, they have all that information at their fingertips. And there's nothing scarier about being locked out of your bank accounts and being poor and needing to go through a divorce and not having any money to do that. And I've known people in that situation before. Well, and it's, and and a lot of times it's not, you know, it's usually I'm scared to leave because of the children, Mm -hmm. but it also probably more than that comment I hear from clients is what will I do? Mm -hmm. I haven't worked or I I don't know what it will look like. I mean, we there, I mean, that is, that is a stereotype, but that is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And that is a scary place to be. I was just on a panel for, um, I was at a panel for women uh, in a finance, it was Mm -hmm. a finance related panel. Mm -hmm. And I I am always surprised, I hate to say surprised, I am surprised that at this juncture that we are still saying, I was, I'm scared to ask. If I ask for the password to the account, he's going to think something's up. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, if you don't ask, so then, then, you know, where are you in the communication in your marriage? Like, that's the question that I want you to be asking yourself when you're reading the book mm-hmm. is, I love my marriage, but what is wrong? What, what's happening with us if I am not comfortable asking the question about our business? Because mm-hmm. you are in business with someone. We don't have to call it that. We are in relationship with someone. 
Mm-hmm. And I used in the book the example of like, when would you take on a big job and not have an employment contract, but not look at it? Yes. Like, you're not curious about it. A more simple and maybe trivial example is like, we insure everything. Mm-hmm. We talk about premarital agreements. We insure everything. We insure our cars. We insure health. We insure life, <laughs> sometimes disability. But we aren't doing anything to protect ourselves in marriage when you know that the decision isn't necessarily going to be yours. And and it doesn't have to be adultery. It could be uh, an addiction issue, an abuse Mm -hmm. issue. Um, It could be a third party, but it also could be a mental illness Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, I just like, I really want the door to communication to be more open than it is. And I mean, I think about how much it could reduce conflict if they ever end up in my office. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we not doing that? Why? I, so anyway, that was one of the things that I hope to get across in the book. And that's why I didn't want it to be a book just about divorce. Like I wanted it to be about being smarter in our marriages too. That's right. And, and something that you said that I thought made so much sense was that, um, that, that, conversation that feels like conflict that you're having about finances um, doesn't have, it doesn't get any easier down the line. Like it, you're either going to do it now or you can do it later, but it doesn't get any easier. So rather than brushing it on, you know, under the rug, like handle it now, the, the best conversations that I have with my husband are the ones where we have to get through a conflict. And then once we get to the other side, like it's still scary for me to talk about certain things. Um, And then I, but I push myself to do it and then it's fine. Um, And we get through it and I feel like a a higher level of consciousness once I, once I handle it. Um, And and, don't you feel closer? Oh yeah. So much closer. And I'm like, okay, we can do this. I mean, (laughs) marriage is work. We have to work on it every single day. And I was going to ask you, you know, you had said that you realized on your honeymoon in this book that you might have made a mistake right before you were going down the aisle. You're like saying to your mom, should I do this? And she was encouraging you, which, you know, a lot of moms would do. So we'll, we'll give her a pass on that one. Cause you know, your ex, you know, you know, seemed like a good, a good person for you to marry at that point in, in your life. Um, and, and then you were kind of like, Ugh, well, there's always divorce is sort of an option. You know, like in the back of your mind, you know, you came from a divorce family, you probably figured, well, if it doesn't work out, we can always get a divorce versus some people who are like, we're never going to get a divorce. Like we're going to go into this marriage and never think about getting a divorce. And you would think that most people would think the latter, but I wonder how many people do think, well, if it doesn't work, I can always get a divorce. So let's not think too far ahead. What has your experience been with that and what you've heard? I hated the idea that I gave myself an out mm-hmm. so early, but mm-hmm. there, but you know, we were at that stage where, I mean, in my brain, my feeling was mm-hmm. I was, I had already crossed that 30 number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did think that I want, like I, it was all, it's all the normal stuff. I mean, I mm-hmm. would say that my generation was feeling when they turned 30 and they hadn't met that right person yet. Mm-hmm. And all indicators were, you know, he was the right person. And, you know, I don't have any regrets. I've got three beautiful exactly. boys. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and I am, I'm like crazy about them. They're the loves of my life. So I don't have any regrets. What I, you know, 
communication and and being able to speak openly it takes two people to be able to do that for effective mm -hmm. communication mm -hmm. so i don't love the idea like what should have happened is i should have been voicing the things that were worrying me early on so we could have addressed mm -hmm. them right mm -hmm. and if he had the same thing like that's what we should have been doing but mm -hmm. we you know nobody likes to be what do people say nobody likes to be should on Mm -hmm. Like we, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, like we're learning, mm -hmm. we're evolving, we're getting better. Um, I don't, I'm the marriage loving divorce attorney. So when, when I am a part of that relationship process, I don't want you to use divorce as an out. Mm -hmm. I want you to use marriage as a learning tool and how to evolve together and how to remain in that commitment. And I mean, humor me, part of the reason I stalk you is because I do love commitment and relationships. And, um, and I, I feel like I could, I could hand you all these, you know, all these wonderful people whose marriages didn't work out for mm -hmm. reasons that were likely beyond their control. Mm -hmm. So, but we learn and we do better and we are better, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking that I, I have put couples back together. Like we used to keep count of how many clients would come in and then right. I would say, go back to your marriage. Like you've not tried enough things yet. And uh, you which know, is so of... uncommon, I would think for a divorce attorney to do. <laughs> so you're really special, Nicole. And I appreciate that so much about you. And, and that was actually one of my questions is because you do have in your book, some of the things that people should sort of really do a self-examination of what brought you together in the first place. How did you feel when you were with that person? What are some of the 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 memories that you have and you were interviewing somebody that was in your office and he kept smiling to you when he you know between the tissues that he was grabbing from the center of the mm -hmm. conference table you know yeah. about his about his life and about his wife so when you do encourage people to sort of do that deep dive into their reasoning for getting married in the first place how often do people get back together and and in North Carolina and in other states there's a one year separation period during that time period in your experience how many times are people getting back together? Not often okay. when, well, to the latter. Mm -hmm. So if they have already separated, I don't see mm -hmm. that many people resuming their relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. If they do, I haven't seen that many successful in that opportunity. Okay. But for the ones who are coming in and consulting with me about the next steps, if they decide mm -hmm. to move forward with separation, Mm -hmm. I have seen those, I have seen a handful of those mm -hmm. successful, not usually if there is a situation involving adultery. Um, mm -hmm. I don't usually see those that it, it's hard to get the trust back for mm -hmm. those people. It would seem on this end, of course, I only get one side of a story. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know what the other version looks like, but generally speaking mm -hmm. from a client perspective that is has been my experience so and I have like I said like I do put I will send them back to try to work it out yeah. and I'm them in the sense that whoever is the person who came to see me because I don't think divorce is right for everybody I just think marriage is hard work yeah and and sometimes I I I, I scratch my head when, when someone comes to me and says, yeah, well, we, you know, we just kind of grew apart and there wasn't any, anything negative except for that one thing. And I'm thinking, well, 
get back together again, figure it out, come back, <laughs> come back. You know, you grew apart, but come back together. Just like, you know, it's waves. And, you know, with older generations, people, you know, they just kind of stuck it out, you know, for the most part. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, you know, if you watch some of those, that older generation, my parents' generation, you know, they had rough times, they got back together and the, and things got better. I mean, once all the kids left the house, I'm sure my parents were just so happy and, um, you know, ups and downs, but, um, but their love is clear to me. And, and, and just because a couple fights in a marriage, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, if they can get through their conflict and get to the other side, when it's not like mean fighting, that doesn't mean you have a rocky relationship. That just means that you handle conflict as it arises. Sometimes it might get heated or people get into the trenches of things, but it actually is a healthy way to handle conflict within a marriage. And if two people are on the same page as that, they can keep, keep the love flowing. Well, and the idea is that you have those conversations early mm -hmm. on, you know, like have That's the, con I would say like, if we're discussing premarital agreements and you're planning to get married, part mm -hmm. of that conversation needs to be, okay, how are we going to handle finances mm -hmm. first, but how are we going to handle conflict? That's what are right. we going to, how are we going to manage that? Are we going to go ahead and bring a third party counselor or therapist in for when it gets mm -hmm. really bad, mm -hmm. do it early, have an mm -hmm. established relationship with someone that you both can talk to who is willing to do that, but start on the front end. It doesn't mean that your marriage is broken. It means that you're working on your marriage from the very beginning because you recognize the complexities of it. So, and you are there, there is the possibility that you're going to grow apart. But mm -hmm. the question is, is like, um, where are you going to stay aligned? Right. Mm -hmm. So um, Glennon Doyle says this beautiful thing in her book, Untamed. And um, I narrowed it down to just the idea. She talks about it in the sense of being a part of a family. She mm -hmm. says it's about being held and free all at the same time. Like, how are you going to create that opportunity to be held and free? Because you can grow apart but you also have to maintain that feeling of being held. So I love that idea um, of held and free in a marriage. And since I, you read the book, you will mm -hmm. know that when I was writing the book, I met someone. That's right. George. Right? George. Mm -hmm. And we got married. And before we got married, we started on, um, on uh, online because it was, uh, during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to guess we would have done it online anyway, but with some great um, uh, relationship experts. And it gave us an opportunity to ask each other hard questions and mm -hmm. to talk about these things. And it has been amazing. So interesting. So how long did you date George before you got married? I met him now, don't, you're going to put this with when you tried to set me up with someone, right? <laughs> no, I didn't even, I'm not even thinking about that. <laughs> I just assume everybody's dating different people until they That's are so engaged, funny. honestly. <laughs> well, I, I met him in, oh, let's see. So I met him in August of 20 and we were married April of 22. Okay. So, but the funny story is, is that I met him the day before I went on the date with the guy that you wanted me to go on a date oh, with. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is so funny. And I said to him, you know, that the most amazing matchmaker has set me up with someone. 
are, are you jealous? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, you should be. We were just talking about it this morning. It's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. So you, you, ju- I mean, you did kind of jump into a, a second marriage, not, I mean, you waited a little bit, but it was swift. And that was courageous of you to kind of take that leap of faith and that leap of love. Was what I what I needed to know over that period was, mm-hmm. you know, I separated March of nineteen, mm-hmm. so um, I spent a year and a half, about, uh, yeah, about a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, knowing that I could do it by myself. You know, yes. like I needed to know who I was as a human, mm-hmm. at, not a mom, not a lawyer, but like who I who I was because I had lost that, and mm-hmm. so that and that over that period, I needed to know that I could do it. And, um, and I'm not just saying like, I joke that like when I got my first um, blower, you know, like leaf blower. (laughs) Yes. I was like, one of my favorite days was my leaf blower. Don't mess with my leaf blower. (laughs) But I needed to know that like, I could do the things that traditionally were not my responsibility, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my marriage. And then I needed to know that I could do it myself. And, um, so that was what that time was. And, you know, I questioned too, how long is, and how long is enough? I mean, I was really Mm -hmm. quiet about my own separation. So then Mm -hmm. if you don't know me and you don't know what's going on and you only see my work in the community and my Mm -hmm. work and my practice Mm -hmm. and me as a mom, well, then you wouldn't have known. So it would have seemed like, damn, Nicole went right from blah, whatever. And I had to really um, sit with that because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm human too. And it matters to me what people think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that perception, but at the same time, you know, what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another. And it was a personal decision for me to get through that period. Um, yes. And I did a lot of work on myself through that period. And uh, and, and have not stopped doing a lot of work. And mm-hmm. now I have the, I get the, I get to do it with someone who also continually works and mm-hmm. uh, understands the complexities and how important that communication is and being held and free. So. I love that. So it sounds like this relationship is a lot different from your, your previous relationship, your, your marriage. Well, I am a lot, I I am different and you're different. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's interesting is that, you know, during that separation time, I always recommend that people not date during that one year separation. And in fact, when people come to me separated, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not taking you on as a client. I'm not even doing a consultation with you. I'm not getting you online dating. You need to just work on yourself and just be still and get to know you instead of jumping right into another relationship, because that's not healthy. And I know that sometimes people feel like they need to date because they need to feel worthy and they need to, especially if there's been, you know, some cheating spouse or whatnot, they want to feel wanted again and attractive and whatnot. But I just, I think it's good to just take a step back and get to know you fall in love with yourself again, so that when the right person walks in, then you can say, okay, is this person worthy of me? Am I at my highest level that I'm attracting in somebody at their highest level And then the next relationship is going to be so much better. Just like what you just said, that you're different. Well, I am queen of distractions. 
Mm-hmm. So did you read in the book, all my distractions? Yeah. That I yes, <laughs> I did. Tell, tell, talk about this a little bit. Cause that was fun. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, you named the distraction. I put it in place because if you were going to make me think about myself, yeah, like I was not prepared for that. I mean, I, yeah. it was a process, right? So yeah. if I could add a distraction, I did from, yeah. I mean, from redecorating to, mm-hmm. I mean, you bought oh a new gosh. home with a pool. You redid your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. You did yeah. it all. One of the parts in the book that I wanted to talk about was, um, when you shared really from the heart about how you felt when you went to uh, a game, I think it was a soccer game and then to a football Mm -hmm. game of, of your one of your two of your different sons and they weren't sitting with you and you were on your own sitting in your chair and your family and your ex's girlfriend and her family were all sitting together. And then as you all went off the field, you were surrounded by strangers and your family were ahead and your two, your boys shouted out, love you, mom. I'll see you later. And they went off. And that's the part about divorce that a lot of people aren't prepared for is you're not leaving the game as a family anymore. It gives me chills when I think about it and how that must feel. Mm-hmm. It, um, like it was indescribable. Mm-hmm. I was I was not prepared for mm-hmm. that moment. And I was under this naive impression that we are all loving the same children mm-hmm. and that why wouldn't we all sit together? And why wouldn't we all show them the love that they deserve? They didn't choose for us to get divorced and we Mm -hmm. are still parents Mm -hmm. and we are all loving the same children. And it doesn't matter whether you like me or, or whether I like you, we're all supporting them. And uh, in my brain, that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. when you've gone through a situation where there is conflict you can't mm-hmm. assume that that is the feeling of everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's that, you know, um, oh gosh. I mean, it, it really, I felt that was a really, really hard day. That was a yeah. hard day. Um, and I was well into, uh, I was well into separation and divorce. We were, I mean, we were past all the really, mm-hmm. really what was supposed to be the hard stuff, but mm, Gosh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but it's true. And, you know, it's, um, and even when your kids aren't with you, you're still their parent. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the idea that you don't get to be, or it doesn't feel like you're their parent that day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when wrestling with that before you decide to separate, knowing what that feels like, and that is not a conversation that your attorney is likely to have with you. So that was one of those examples of nobody told me about this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, I, um, I think I mentioned what it was like as, I don't know if I, if, if it made it in the book, I can't remember, but um, when I graduated high school mm-hmm. a gazillion years ago, I can still remember I'm second row, a 16 year old graduate. I graduated high school and I was a junior mm-hmm. and uh, I was like number 22 or whatever it was. I mean, it's a big giant class. I was so proud of myself, but I couldn't find my dad. Yeah. You talked and, about that uh, in the book. Oh, did I? I mean, like, yeah. oh, it still crushes me to this day, but mm-hmm. I want, I, it, if I could undo something, I would look at my parents and say, can you guys just figure out how not to hate each other for the moment that I need you both there? Mm. 
because it's not about you as parents. It's a, you know, you as spouses, it was about you as parents. So, you know, I know that that's not something that, um, that is necessarily fixable because it requires everyone to be in a really healthy, uh, mature, responsible place. And not everybody's going to be there, but guess what? They aren't there during, if they aren't there during your marriage, they're probably not going to be there afterwards. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to be able to manage when you make the decision to come in, to have a consult, to go to your attorney and you're, I want people to be thinking about how they're going to manage that because that person, those qualities that if they don't exist before you separated they're it's not like they're going to show up after. That's right. And it's just going to be exponentially harder. If you it can't will communicate be ex- and you're fighting all the time in a marriage, can you, I, I've thought about that with some of my friends that are in troublesome marriages and it's like, oh, I can't imagine what he's going to be like during the divorce. And so people it, just put it off. Well, except that, you know, at least, I mean, not to be a proponent of thinking that divorce is a better answer, but I will say mm-hmm. that at least when you are uh, divorced, you do have more choice in what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. that person does live in a different place Mm -hmm. and you do get a chance to grow and breathe and evolve Mm -hmm. and you can let that in when you need it for the sake of your children. But you also need to know how to take a break from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was one of the best pieces of advice I got when I went through all of it. Uh, And I did include it as part of, you know, at the end of each chapter of the book, there's these little tips Mm -hmm. and uh, technical terms and things. But um, somebody said to me early on, uh, give yourself a break, like take a day off Mm -hmm. from thinking about it. And I still like have to figure out on occasion how to take a day off from this. Um, And what I do know is I am much better at solving other people's problems than my own. (laughs) (laughs) It's so clear, isn't it? From the bird's eye view. Me too. Me too. It's so true. I can can advocate for anyone. It is, I'm passionate. I love to lift people up and, and, and see them empowered and give them all the right tools. Mm -hmm. But boy, do as I say, not as I do. That's my humble experience. (laughs) You know what? We're all just living our lives and trying to figure it out as we come and come along and, you know, you've had, you had trauma, you know, which you talk about very openly and freely in the book, which I, I just really appreciate your honesty more than anything. Um, so thank you for that. And, um, and fear of abandonment, which is huge for many, many people that have experienced <laughs> loss and grief in, in their childhood. And, you know, you, you're working on yourself. Nobody is ever saying anybody's perfect. You're trying to help people. And, you know, w- when they're going through the hardest time of their lives, really, um, and uh, kudos for you, and and just thank you, you know, for this incredible book, which I'm going to show one more time. I think that it's going to help a lot of people who are thinking about divorce, and also people who have been through divorce, and also people that want to keep their marriages alive and well, and just gives them something to think about. And um, just really appreciate you so much, Nicole. Thanks so much. Um, I uh, the feedback I've gotten from clients across the whole firm. It's just been, it's been overwhelming to hear that someone doesn't feel alone in the process and that Mm -hmm. what they're experiencing, you know, might not just, I don't know. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for the opportunity and, um, and all the support. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I hope it really does. I hope it really does make a difference. That's my hope. So yeah, I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to put in the show notes, um, all of your social media handles and also a link to the book. And I always like to ask people, what is their favorite uh, charity? Because philanthropy dating is a big part of my work and giving back to the community. So do you have a favorite charity that we can also put in the show notes and why? You know know what I, um, on the, I'm, I've just been asked to be a part of a, uh, a local uh, nonprofit mm-hmm. called Madeline's Fund. Madeline's Fund, I, I would just encourage you to look it up. It, okay. it, I, I just uh, am about, well, I don't know that I've, I haven't officially joined their board, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it has been, um, it has been a great opportunity and it's, it's local. And so I would, I, I would pick that Okay, good. We'll put, we'll put the link in there and then people um, can, can check it out and see local, local to Charlotte, North Carolina, Madeline's fun. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Best of luck to you and George. And uh, I'll look forward to uh, maybe your next book will be about how amazing life is in the second marriage and how you, you built yourself to, uh, to learn how to be different and um, receiving more love than you could ever possibly imagine. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.